Hi, and welcome to In Touch with Tennessee, a podcast of the University of Tennessee Institute for Public Service. Today's guest is Jennifer Torville, Executive Director of SMART, the Substance Misuse and Addiction Resource for Tennessee. Welcome, Jennifer. Well, thanks for having me. So tell us about SMART and how the initiative got started. So a couple years ago, pre-pandemic, the UT system president, Randy Boyd, hosted an opioid summit. It was called SOAR, Summit on Opioid Addiction and Response. Um, It it was an activity to to meet one of the UT system um, objectives under the strategic plan. Under the umbrella of foster outreach and engagement was an objective to provide leadership to mitigate the opioid crisis in Tennessee. So the summit was very successful. Hundreds of people came from across the state. Following the summit, um, we wanted to keep that momentum going. So the planning committee for the summit kept meeting. What can we do next? Well, then we ended up in a pandemic. So we talked a lot about what can we do without being in front of people. And we ended up with the idea of having a policy network. And we modeled it somewhat after the Stanford Network on Addiction Policy, known as SNAP. Um, But basically, a group of experts across the state, and what we wanted to do was use research data and evidence to guide policy related to substance use in Tennessee. So that became the SMART Policy Network. And as that grew, other initiatives to meet that goal of um, providing leadership to mitigate the opioid crisis in Tennessee, you know, they kind of came out of that. So then it started growing, and now we're the SMART initiative. The Policy Network is still one of the um, projects under the initiative, but we've, we've grown. And how did you become involved? So I became involved mostly at the summit, and it was kind of gradual, but I I didn't know a lot of people doing this type of work at UT. I was starting to get involved in some initiatives and projects. Uh, I was part of a Rural Communities Opioid Response Program grant with the College of Nursing and Department of Public Health. So I was starting to meet people in the communities and across the state. And some of those people that I was doing work with in the communities, Carla Saunders, a nurse practitioner at Children that did work with neonatal abstinence syndrome babies and Judge Sloan of the 4th Judicial District. Um, They were on the planning committee. And so at the summit, while I was talking with them, I met other members of the planning committee. And then that kind of grew. And when it came time for somebody to lead the policy network, I was able to and I was willing to, and I kind of slowly moved into that role. Okay. SMART became part of um, the Institute for Public Service in February. What was behind that decision to move the initiative to the Institute? So there were a couple reasons for that. Um, The Institute for Public Service Vice President, Dr. Herb Bird, was on our steering committee for the Policy Network. Um, He was an expert for outreach across the state. IPS has 12 offices across the state. They work under the mission of um, serving business and government to improve the lives of Tennesseans. And when we started growing and getting bigger, and it didn't make sense to house the projects or the initiative as a whole under the UT system president, we started looking at other places to kind of start something bigger. And IPS made sense for those reasons. The mission, the outreach across the state, 
Dr. Herbert was already on our steering committee, so he knew the work that we were doing. And when we approached him about the possibility of moving SMART under IPS, he was very open to that. You know, he had a the more the merrier kind of attitude about it. And so that's exactly what we did. And it gives us an opportunity to be able to grow and reach more people. You know, with with those 12 offices, we're hoping one day to have people staffed in all those 12 offices so that we can reach farther across the state. Yes, that would be that would be great. We're all hoping for that. So what are some of the things you're currently working on with SMART? So we still have the policy network. Um, and with the policy network, we're doing quite a few things. It was very slow um, to get up and running, especially trying to build relationships and make connections because we started during a pandemic. So we started more with doing uh, written deliverables. So we'd write policy briefs about topics that we thought legislation would be related to. So um, some of the latest things we're doing is fentanyl test strips, naloxone access, things that went through the legislature this session. Um, We're also starting a podcast and op-ed series. So that will come out monthly, and that will be on a topic, again, related to legislation. But how did that legislation maybe change what's happening in our community? So we'll we'll be starting that next month, monthly. Um, we have a lot of data dashboards. We have a geographer that does amazing GIS work, and he develops these interactive data dashboards. And so community leaders can go on these dashboards. They can look at their county, opioids written per person, benzodiazepines written per person, benzozen opioids written per person, the mortality rates, um, all, all sorts of different things. So they can see and track that over time. So it goes from 2012 to about 2020. So when legislation is introduced and changes what we're doing in our communities, how does that affect what's actually happening in their county? So they can look at things like that. They're they're um, very helpful. And then, so we do all of that under the policy network. And then we also have the Collegiate Recovery Initiative. We've partnered with the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, as well as the counseling departments on all of our campuses. And we're trying to increase uh, recovery resources for our students across the state. The pandemic was not kind to the mental health of our students, um, and that has been well documented. So we want to be able to ensure that we have the resources that our students need. As we're talking about mitigating the opioid crisis in Tennessee, we have to focus on our students first. We're still an institution of higher education. So we've been working on that. Um, And then we've started doing, through IPS, now that we're part of IPS, local outreach. So we want to help communities at a very local level, um, boots on the ground type of approach. What's happening in your community? What kind of education do you need? What kind of resources do you need? The opioid settlement funds are starting to funnel into the state. Um, we'll, we'll have $613 million over the next 18 years of funds that have to be spent on prevention, treatment, and recovery services. And so, 35% of that money, 65% will go to the state and it will be spent through the Opioid Abatement Council. The other 35% is going to go directly to counties. What are they going to do with that money? How are they going to spend that money? Do they know what the best practices are um, for spending that money? So we want to be able to help guide them. This is the recommendations for spending it. This is what it's going to look like. This is what the legislation says. Um, and just 
just provide some guidance and education in that area. So you've talked a little bit about um, becoming part of IPS and the um, IPS outreach across the state. So um, what would you say your vision is for SMART moving forward? So moving forward, we really want to connect with more communities. As we start to bring more staff on board, that's going to give us an opportunity to get out in the communities more and work with people on a local level. And that's really our main goal. So working through the other IPS agencies, CTAS and MTAS and um, LEIC and CIS, working with local government lo- and local industry and businesses um, to really address some of these issues. We really would like to start providing grant writing support and and teaching communities how to leverage federal dollars. There's a lot of money out there for opioid and substance use initiatives a lot. But a lot of these small counties, especially rural counties, they aren't able to access those funds. They don't have somebody that knows how to write a federal grant application or manage that or meet the compliance requirements for the grant or budget the grant, you know, or do any of those things, and they don't have the time. So what we want to do is create a mentoring program to go in, help some of these communities, teach them how to do it, show them the best ways, um, and help them implement some of those programs. Obviously, that's a little down the road as we start to bring more people on board, but we really want to get in the weeds with some of these, especially rural communities, and help them get federal funding, make that opioid settlement money stretch a little bit farther, and start new programs in their counties. That's great. Well, we are happy to have you on board here and happy to have SMART uh, as an initiative under the Institute for Public Service. And uh, I know we are looking forward to um, more work to come from SMART and from you. And um, thank you for your time today. Thanks for having me. And thanks, listeners, for tuning in. We will be back next month with another episode of In Touch with Tennessee.